Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Russia seems to be desperate for help in its war with Ukraine. So desperate, in fact, that it has actually asked North Korea for weapons. What does that say about how Russia is doing on the world stage today? Uh, I think it's so fascinating to to see uh, these three nations coming together uh, around the war in Ukraine. Uh, not exactly a uh, who's who of this is what we aspire to become uh, when we look at what Russia has done, what North Korea has done, and what Iran has done. Uh, and that's concerning that these three nations are becoming more closely aligned, supporting and helping each other. And so there there are a number of headlines and there's a number of things underneath those headlines uh, that we need to be watching and assessing. Pentagon Press Secretary Brigadier General Pat Ryder said in a press conference yesterday, uh, he confirmed that Russia asked North Korea specifically for weapons. Yes, uh, we do have indications that Russia has approached North Korea to request ammunition. Um, I'm not able to provide any more detail than that at this point in time, Um, but it does demonstrate and is indicative of the situation that Russia finds itself in, in terms of its logistics and sustainment capabilities as it relates to Ukraine. Uh, Certainly, uh, as has been said, uh, we we assess that um, things are not going well on that front for Russia. So the fact that they're reaching out to North Korea uh, is a sign that uh, that they're having some challenges on the sustainment front. So as you, as you look at that, uh, it's very clear Russia is struggling logistically uh, and it, with really no ability to sustain the capabilities uh, as, it, as it relates to Ukraine. And so they've got to look elsewhere for help. And so they're, they're turning to people uh, who may not be able to do these kinds of things with anyone or any other country in the world. And so you're bringing together these three nations, Russia, North Korea, and Iran, uh, around weapons, uh, which is a, a, a toxic mix, in my opinion. Uh, Pat Ryder went on to say that uh, this is something, uh, this says something about uh, who Russia has to be asking for help. It's indicative of the situation that Russia finds itself in and shows uh, the fact that they're trying to uh, to reach out to international actors like Iran and North Korea uh, that don't have the best record when it comes to international stability. I think that may be the understatement of the year. <laughs> These are not countries uh, who have the best record when it comes to international stability. Uh, both those nations tend to undermine uh, stability. That's sort of first, last, and always when it comes to those kind of regimes Uh, Back in July, interesting, uh, National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan said then that their intel said that Russia was getting ready to receive specific help from Iran. The Iranian government is preparing to provide Russia with up to several hundred UAVs, including weapons-capable UAVs, on an expedited timeline. Our information further indicates 
that Iran is preparing to train Russian forces to use these UAVs. The Iranian government uh, has shipped that. The shipment arrived from Iran in late August. The Biden administration said last week that Russia has faced technical problems with the Iranian-made drones that they acquired from Tehran Tehran back in August. Uh, So obviously this was all geared towards what was going on in Ukraine. And so the fact that Russia is having technical problems with Iranian-made drones uh, tells you something uh, that is very interesting and also very challenging. That has to be a real frustration for Vladimir Putin. Uh, one, to have to turn to Iran to get weapons, to get drones, and then to not be able to use them because of technical issues uh, is is a pretty sad commentary of the state of where Russia is at the moment. Again, that's got to be frustrating and humiliating for Vladimir Putin. The question is, how long can he sustain that? Can they course correct? Uh, and what does that mean in terms of what is happening before we get to winter as it relates to Ukraine? Remember, we've got uh, a brutal winter ahead. Things will get very bogged down. Uh, Ukraine has shown some strength and has been on the counteroffensive in a, in a number of areas and ways. Uh, and so as you look at some of these things, uh, again, coming from Iran to Russia, uh, a lot of those are uh, just really part of a, a real problem for Russia. Uh, Also interesting that the uh, Russian Ministry of Defense is in the process of purchasing millions of rockets and artillery shells, so ammunition from North Korea, again, all being geared towards Ukraine. We mentioned Brigadier General Pat Ryder uh, talking in the the meeting on Tuesday, the press uh, conference there, uh, that uh, Russia has specifically asked for ammunition. So that's also interesting. So not only do they need things like drones and weapons, they they actually need the ammunition itself. So that is an indicator that uh, Russia doesn't have all the things that they need in order to put those things together or to manufacture. So if the manufacturing is soft internally, that Russia can't be independent in their war efforts, uh, that is a tremendous show of weakness. And so uh, uh, according to some of those in the Pentagon, again, going back to General Ryder, uh, he said it does demonstrate and is indicative of the situation that Russia finds itself in in terms of its logistics and sustainment capabilities as it relates to Ukraine. Uh, the Biden administration, again, uh, is, is pointing out, and I think they're pointing this out loudly for a reason, that Russia is just having all of these technical problems. Uh, North Korea, of course, is looking for some strength and some help because they're not going to get it anywhere else. Uh, they they are sort of the pariah on the stage. Iran is not far behind. Uh, and so if the two pariahs who can't really do a lot of interactions with anyone else anywhere in the world suddenly find themselves doing deals with Russia, uh, that's a pretty good thing for North Korea. That's a really good thing for Iran. So the question then is, what comes next? And will the weapons, the ammunition, uh, the technology that is coming from North Korea and Iran, will it make a difference for Moscow? Will it make a difference for Vladimir Putin and the war they are waging against Ukraine? The interesting thing to me is, uh, one, this this is a high risk move from Vladimir Putin, because if these things don't work, uh, if this uh, if this doesn't produce positive results on the battlefield for Russia, 
then then the game really changes. Uh, I think that gives Ukraine uh, a lot of strength uh, and and positive energy, momentum. Uh, again, especially going into the winter months where things are going to get kind of bogged down. I think Vladimir Putin is also counting on winter, uh, saving him a little bit, that hopefully things will slow down to where he can rebuild and build back up. But the question is, does he have the materials? Does he have the capability? Does he have the uh, the right people in place uh, to, to get all of that done? So it's an interesting uh, triumvirate that's coming together there between those three nations. Uh, I don't think that's a great combination. I don't think anyone can see it that way. But there is an interesting element to this, uh, and that is if Russia continues to struggle in Ukraine and they're turning to help to Iran and North Korea and they continue to struggle, uh, what does that do for all three nations and their standing on the global stage as well? And what does that do, of course, for the people of Ukraine who are defending uh, their freedom, their land, their sovereignty. Uh, will it be a momentum boost? And will their counteroffense increase? Will they gain confidence that way? And will the international community see that maybe there is an opportunity to push Russia all the way out, uh, to reclaim some of those things that, that, that Russia has taken, uh, not just over the course of the war this year, uh, but things they've done over the last several years in terms of annexing some of that territory. So, uh, again, a lot of global implications there. It's one we'll continue to watch very closely here on Inside Sources and KSL News Radio. All right, we're going to step aside for top of the hour news. That wraps up hour number one of Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Coming up, we often talk about a picture being worth a thousand words. What does a presidential portrait say? We're going to find out with. Former President Barack Obama having his portrait now hung in the White House. Stay with us. More Inside Sources coming up. KSL FM Midvale. KSL Salt Lake City. Listen on any smart speaker and in your car at 102.7 FM. KSL News Radio. Utah's all day companion. For news. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.